0: Again, if he's kind of like, if his IQ is so low, I mean, he's an honest guy, but is it possible law enforcement and other people could have confused him as to when the fire was? Now, uh, when, he's, when he said that on November 6th,
1: um, it could be just a time sense thing, like a no sense of time. Because like, sometimes to me, like uh, two weeks ago feels like, <laughs> or, or like a week ago feels like two weeks ago. And two weeks ago feels like a month ago. I, I don't know. That, and yesterday feels me. like a year ago. <laughs> um, like well, six months feels like a year ago. I don't know. What?
0: Some people I'm just have a, like a... some people have a more accurate sense of time than others. So you're saying he could have been mistaken from the get go, and then somehow someone convinced him that he was mistaken. Because he said two, two like... weeks after a week, and he was doing he was doing stuff like every day. So I'm not sure he I... gets. Confu- I'm not sure. He I don't know. Confused. I'm starting like
1: lately. I've been deferring my. My sense of uh, schedule in the past. I'd be like, yo, oh, I thought that was a month ago. And people would be like, dude, that was just last week. And I'd be like, oh. <laughs> All right,
0: Brian Dassey was interviewed on November 7th, 2005, two days after the RAV4 had been found. Yeah, what, and-
2: did, what oh. did Brendan Dassey say uh, at first? All right, hold on. In his on. first interview hold on, hold on. with well, the bonfire.
0: Well, this is what I'm getting into. Okay. So, oh, this is after the RAV4 had been found. Yeah. Brian and said Brian and Desi? burned phone parts and some bones had been found in the burn barrels near Avery's trailer and janda's house so this is before any allegate, before anything was found in his own burn pit and another important point Blaine dassey do you know who that is Maxwell say it again Blaine dassey uh
1: some unknown brother I don't know
0: Unknown, you mean a long lost brother that nobody knows about, but somehow you yeah. do? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> that's just, just his yeah, younger yeah. brother. What, right? what the hell is Blaine th- th- Just that's Bobby's younger or Brendan's younger brother. Well, oh, how many sh- brothers are there? There's three, right? There's oh, like shit, three, I didn't three, know four, maybe five. five. Wait, how many?
2: There's like four, I think. Really? Right? Like four, I think, really? Bobby, Blaine, Brendan, Brian, and Brendan. Oh, there's another one. There's a Wait, you said Brian, right?
0: No, no, no. I said, I said Blaine.
2: No, before Blaine, you said Brian.
0: No, I never mentioned Brian. It's the first I'm hearing of a Brian. Really?
2: <laughs> yeah. That's for one
0: of I said Blaine. I just know Bobby Dassey. Blaine got off the bus with Brendan Dassey at 3.45 p.m. He had plans to go trick-or-treating and yet he did... So, yeah, he had plans to go trick-or-treating. Okay, so Blaine was asked about the burn barrels. Blaine was asked if he could recall anyone using the burn barrels that day. Blaine said he did not. Blaine explained that there were four burning barrels behind his house that the Dassey family uses. Blaine said that burning barrels are not used by Stephen, Grandma or Grandpa, Alan and Dolores, or Chuck, Chunky, his neighbor Chuck Avery. I mean, his uncle, right? That's Avery, Stephen Avery's brother. Yes. Avery. Yes. Blaine drew a picture of the area around his house and Stevens' house, and Blaine indicated where Stevens' burn barrel was located. When Blaine was asked what the burn barrels were used for, Blaine responded they were used for burning garbage. Blaine estimated that they burn trash when the barrels become full, averaging about one burn every two weeks. Blaine thought the last time he burned anything in the burn barrels was sometime last week, possibly Thursday, which would have been November 3rd.
2: November 3rd. Wow, okay. (laughs) So there was a bonfire on the (laughs) 3rd? Because then they found the bones, like, what, the 5th or something? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he did have her tied up since the 31st.
0: He kept her there the whole time?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then Brendan went there they got... I don't know.
0: Okay. He was asked specifically about a bonfire. Sometimes Blaine said Stephen will come over to the house and talk about what they're going to do. For example, Stephen will suggest that they work on a car or have a bonfire. Blaine was asked if there were any bonfires last week, and Blaine responded there was not. Blaine said he would know if there was a bonfire because he always liked to have them. Blaine was asked what materials they would use to during the bonfires. Blaine said sometimes they would burn tires, and sometimes they would burn wood. Are the police kind of getting information on what's, what do they use in their bonfire so that they could do the fire and add the ingredients <laughs> to frame Avery? <laughs> Is this a fishing expedition? Oh, man. He further explained that there was supposed to be a bonfire that Thursday, but it was canceled. So Brendan and Blaine's original statements are consistent. Blaine also said that one day last week, the week of Halloween, Blaine was supposed to have a girl come over to his house for a bonfire. She was a sophomore at Mishicot High School. Blaine said this bonfire never took place. And uh, the girl said she did not want to come out for a bonfire. <laughs> so no evidence of a bonfire. Uh, what, so, I'm sorry, what day is this?
2: Was it that Thursday? This is the week. The that whole week of
0: Halloween. That whole week of Halloween. Oh, there so was so no was bonfire. just saying there was no bonfire Correct. ever from
1: those seven days. Okay. There,
0: well, there's no evidence of any, right? So all these people are saying there's no bonfire. <sighs> they never witnessed a bonfire. Okay, let's look at the trial testimony. So Blaine was also interviewed again on November 11th, and again on November 15th, and again on unknown dates. So between his initial interview and his trial testimony all of a sudden Blaine's statement about the bonfire has changed so this is day 12 page 52 to 107 of the trial transcript question okay are you as you are walking toward your house use the laser pointer tell the jury what you saw please answer okay I seen Stephen walking this way, and he threw the plastic bag into there, the burned barrel. Question. Okay. Did you see what kind of plastic bag he threw into the burn barrel? Answer. No. Question. Did you see how big the bag was? Answer. No. <laughs> Question. Did you see what was going on inside the burning barrel? In other words, did you see that it was burning in there? Answer. Yes. Question. Tell the jury what you saw about it, that it was burning. Describe that for them. Answer. There was smoke and flames... Coming out of the burning barrel. Question. About what time was this that you saw that? Answer. About three forty six seven.
2: Three forty-six seven.
0: I don't know if that's mishmashed about what time you got off the bus and then what time he saw the bonfire?
2: Or at the start or
0: from from start to finish. I don't know. That's what the trial transcript says. Later questioning question. Tell the jury what you saw at your uncle Steve's house at about eleven that night. Answer. I seen Steve and Avery sitting there watching the fire. Question. Watching what? Answer. Watching the fire. The bonfire. Question. There was a bonfire at your Uncle Steve's? Answer. Yes. Question. Can you tell the jury where that bonfire was, please? Answer. Behind the garage. So, Blaine did admit during defense cross-examination that he did not mention anything about any fires. In his initial interview with investigators. Okay, kind of curious. Let's look at Bobby Dassey's testimony. So page 33. Question, at 9.30 p.m. on the 31st of October, did you see anything when you left your house? Answer, not that I recall. Question, did you see anything by your uncle's? Answer, I didn't even look. (laughs) This is Bobby Dassey's testimony. Okay.
1: I didn't even look
0: uh, at what? the direction of the house or if there was anything there. So he's saying he didn't look. Now, in later testimony, question, all right, Bobby, have you ever seen a fire, like a bonfire by your Uncle Stevens? Answer, yes. Do you remember the last time you saw a bonfire by your Uncle Stevens? Maybe two weeks before that, before this all. So now Bobby is corroborating Stevens' initial (laughs) recollection. of when the last bonfire was two weeks before halloween very curious is this curious or what that's
2: interesting blaine is saying that it happened not initially after he changed
0: his story bobby didn't Mm
2: -hmm.
1: wow um what so what was the change what was bobby's I don't remember what he what, what uh, Bobby said he didn't
0: even look on that night yeah, yeah, yeah. though, so I guess so that was this, his out. This, this is the initial. On maybe they had it, but he didn't even look. Obviously, he would know if they had it, especially if it was a raging fire like they claim, because there's so-called witnesses who claim to have seen it from pretty far away. So, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. So the fact that Bobby wouldn't have seen it walking right <laughs> walking right next to, him, I didn't <laughs> even look. <laughs> 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 Because some of the reports were said the flames were as high as the garage. So if you're walking right by there, <laughs> You're going you to smell that fire. You don't look. even need I, a look. Need you're going to look. I, smell it. It almost burnt me, but I didn't <laughs> look. Got a little bit of singe on my ear, but I didn't even look. <laughs> but I didn't look. Oh, that's funny. All right. So let's look at uh, Mr. Scott Tadich.
1: Tadic. I like Tadic.
0: Is it Tadich? I think it's Tadic. <laughs> Tadik, Tadike. Oh uh, well, at least the
1: whole documentary said Tadik, Tadich,
0: Tadik, Tad
1: Tadik, Like a like the tadic. attic. What like a Tadik attic, like attic, attic, like Tadik, Tadich. <laughs> go in the Tadik. Go to the Tadich.
2: Tadich sounds. <laughs> Tadich
0: sound, t- tadic sounds a little funnier. <laughs> All right, go Tadik. What tadic. about Tadit, Tadich, Tadika? Where's the A? Tadika. Tadik. Tadika. Tadich. Ted ditch <laughs> the bitch. <laughs> All right. So there's three documented interviews of Mr. Scott to ditch. Teddy. <laughs> Scott. Let's just go with Scott. Scott. Scotty. 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 Scotty was dating Barbara Janda at the time of Hallback's disappearance. So, so this is a <laughs> Scotty. <laughs> We can't pronounce his last name. So this is his first interview on November 10th, 2005. Let's see if he mentions a fire. So Mr. Tadich, Scotty stated that he arrived at his tree stand at about 3.30 p.m. and hunted until about 5 p.m. Tadich stated... That once he had gotten out of the woods, he returned to his truck and saw that he had two messages on his cell phone. Teddich stated that one message was from Barbara and the other was from his brother. Tadich stated that he only remembers receiving two messages on the 31st of October. The message from Barbara was about seeing his mother. Mr. Teddich stated that he went to Barbara's house to pick her up to take her to see his mother in Green Bay. He stated that Barb is close to his mother, so she wanted to go to the hospital to see her. Tadich stated that when he arrived at Barbara's house, she was standing outside with Steve and Avery, with Steve, and one of her younger sons. Tadich stated that he didn't know the boy's name, but he was one of the young kids. <laughs> Be curious to know how long he was dating Barbara at that point but he, he didn't doesn't know what he's like a maxwell he doesn't remember her kid's name but he didn't know he didn't know what he to, didn't know the kid's <laughs> name who he said that she was that barbara was standing outside of her house with steve and one of her younger sons but he doesn't know which one well he knows which one it, but he didn't know his it, name was it far away was <laughs> yeah but the sons aren't twins like they're all different heights and sizes
1: probably from the back i don't know they probably look the same why are you saying probably did you see them I don't know i'm just all i don't know they they probably i don't know they might (laughs) might not look the same or maybe well like i remember like when when i was growing up like my um people couldn't tell my brothers and i apart like they would confuse yeah but you guys all look like tupac so like how (laughs) is anybody supposed to tell
0: you guys apart (laughs) so yeah mr tatic stated that barbara got into his truck and they drove to aurora bay care medical center so he's close enough that she's gonna get into the. She's not gonna run a mile to get into his truck. He got to Barbara's house to pick her up. So he's right. He's pulling right up to the
2: house. Okay, got it. <laughs> Did the kid go with them?
0: It says, doesn't say that. It says, Mister Tad stated. Maybe
1: such a like a common thing that happens that he didn't pay attention and it, it requires attention to retain m- memories. Like,
2: <laughs> funny that the kid got in the car and he's like, who's this little kid? <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying Mr. Tadich
0: is like a Maxwell?
1: <laughs> well, not paying attention. Like
0: not even knowing. It'd be funny well, if he was dating her for like five years and he didn't know her son's name.
2: <laughs> I don't know. It's he doesn't just, know he his girlfriend's know. name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Maxwell style. Maxwell, do you remember your ex-wife's name? <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I
1: wasn't even thinking about it. I was going into another topic. But uh, what was this
0: whole thing? So, like,
1: I kind of missed the information. We're, like, what, we're just why, trying why to... Why were, they, why... we're
0: going over Tadich's testimony to see if he mentions a fire. He's saying that uh, Barb is standing around with Steve and one of her younger sons. So they went to Green Bay. Uh, Mr. Tadich stated that they stayed there for about one hour. Then they drove back, and he got her home around 730 to 7:45, he stated that he got home around 8 p.m. Mr. Tadich stated that around 9 p.m. Barb drove out to his house to visit, and she stayed there until 11 or 12. Mr. Tadich was asked if Barb was acting okay, and he stated that she was fine and that nothing unusual was happening. They just talked. Mr. Tadich was asked when was the last time he saw Barbara Janda. Tadich stated that he saw her last Sunday, November 6th. And she told him that she was not allowed to get her dog from her trailer because of the police investigation. So, once again, no mention of engine fire of any kind. So, this is his second interview. This is November 29th. Weeks later...
2: There's a big fire. This right?
0: time he mentions a fire. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> as high as the garage, right? Or whatever. <laughs> as high as Maxima. Wait, that's
1: a... Maxima's that <laughs> <but>, <laughs> Uh, yeah, as big as the house, it was like a, the...
0: The garage is like oh, nine Oh, that feet was Tadic.
1: Oh, that's weird. Uh, Scotty? That, that I remember. Scotty. Yeah, it was Scotty that said that. Like, so Tadic
0: said he was in his deer stand by 3.30 p.m. and hunted until approximately 5 p.m., at that time, he drove over to Barb Janda's residence, which is on the Avery's auto salvage property. He said he arrived there between 5:15 and 5:30 p.m. Tadich said he did not get out of his vehicle, but did observe Stephen Avery and one of Barb's sons standing outside behind. Steven's garage. He could not identify which son, but he could tell that it was one of her boys. Tadich said that these two were standing around a fire that was burning in the area behind Steven's garage. <laughs> he said Barb then came out of the house and they drove to Green Bay to visit Tadich's mother in the hospital. Tadich said afterwards they drove back to Barb's residence and arrived between 7.30 and 7.45 p.m. He said he either dropped Barb off or he got out of the car and went into her house. He said if he did go into her house, he stayed just a few minutes.
2: He doesn't know what he did?
0: He said he either dropped Barb off or he got out of the car and went into her house. <laughs> so how
2: could the fire even be true if, if he just? Doesn't well, wait
0: till you hear the testimony about the Rav Four, the blue or green or teal or <laughs> the vehicle. They don't even know the color of the car. You might as well add or red or white. Like that was her vehicle. So did Pink. you see? The, did you see a vehicle of any of these colors? Do they?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So he either went in or he did not. He yes. Stayed in the car he or said he that in. if
0: he did go into her house, he stayed only a few minutes. If he did, <laughs> 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 because he was home by eight p.m., so he doesn't know if he did or he didn't. But if he did, he knows it wasn't that long.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he knows exactly that he got home
0: at eight. Okay. So his memory's perfect about that. Okay. Tadich said. Tadich would, said. Wouldn't be so like.
1: I don't know. I kind of i would say the same yeah like, but you're maxwell the,
0: you're, maybe, you wouldn't maybe, exactly maybe wouldn't, maybe some don't don't take have any a offense bit of maxwell don't don't I take don't any know. offense but i don't think you'd be a good witness <laughs> what's this case well, about again <laughs> well, it's not like,
1: well being a witness is not something you you know Well, like if somebody subpoenas you yeah it's just it's just something that happens to you it's not like
0: yeah but i'm just saying you wouldn't be a good one in terms of recounting information accurately I guess I'd probably end up like, you know. You'd probably
2: incriminate things, you know? yourself. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Wait, wait. I was there at six? Really?
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, man. That would yeah. be in jail and shit. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Tadich. yeah. Tadich said when he dropped Barb off, he again observed two people standing by the fire behind Stephen's garage. So they're just standing there for like hours. Just waiting hours. for him. Okay. I wonder
2: when he's going to come back.
0: Cattridge <laughs> said it looked like the same two people from before but because it was dark outside he could not determine for sure. He said they were similar in size and shape to the two persons he observed earlier. So they just
2: stood there the whole time <laughs> waving. Two for
0: silhouettes him. or statues, yeah. I don't know. Okay, so how, fa- how
1: far was it? How far is
0: it? How far is he from looking? Green Bay? Oh. Not that far cuz he's dropping off bar- her her house is pretty close to his house.
2: They're like a hop and a skip away.
0: Yeah, right next to each other, pretty much. Okay, March 30th, 2006. This is his third interview. So Scotty was questioned about the fire in the burn pit on Monday, Halloween night, 2005. He stated he saw a big (laughs) fire at Stevens. He stated... This was in the area of the burn pit. He stated he didn't get out of his truck that evening and did not converse with Stephen. He stated he did see Stephen with another person whom he guessed was Brendan standing at the fire. So now, not he's not saying he doesn't know who it is anymore. Now he's he's saying he's guessing it's Brendan. So before he didn't have any guesses. Now it's Brendan and now the fire is now a big fire. So originally no fire, then fire, now big fire. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: so well, that comes from pressure like that oh that comes from repetitive questioning too now let's like what he's what he says at the trial so he states that the fire that there was a fire with flames as high as the garage and he testified that it was the fire that stuck out the most about his day so this starts on page 122 of the transcript by the way remember bobby I didn't even look. Was there a fire? So this is... (laughs) Burned my ear a little bit, and my nostrils are filled with smoke, but I didn't look, so I can't tell you if there was a fire or not. All right, question. All right, are you able to estimate from your observations how high or how tall the flames were as you were watching there about 745? Answer, they were almost as tall as the garage. Question. All right, so answer, 8, 10 feet. I don't know, 10 feet maybe. 10 feet tall the flames were. It's like he's convincing himself. (laughs) Question, it was a big fire? Answer, it was a big fire. So it looks like the more time goes on, the bigger the fire gets. So maybe in a couple years it'll be like a gigantic inferno that was burning down the whole salvage yard. (laughs) Because it goes from zero fire to big fire to in just a few months. So the fire grows with
2: time. And people, he starts recognizing people. Yeah. (laughs) Realizing who they were. Kind of weird. Kind of weird. All right. Let's go to
0: Brendan Dassey. So he was interviewed November 6, 2005 at uh, 11 minutes, 30 seconds of the interview. He states, we were going to have a bonfire on Thursday and explains that his mother, Barbara Janda, canceled the bonfire. So there was no mention of a bonfire on October 31st. She canceled Stephen Avery's bonfire? She just canceled the bonfire, yeah. So I guess <laughs> they did agree at some, or possibly mentioned having a bonfire, and then it was canceled. Sorry, who, who, who canceled it? I'm sorry.
2: Barbara Janda canceled What's it. What's with this bonfire? Why is it so special? They're, just they're canceling it? Is
0: it. I guess kind of like on a holiday that there's no trash pickup, so you cancel taking your trash out. <laughs> is that... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think we're just just trying to find the consistency with the witnesses and and put them all together, I guess. Uh, We're
0: looking in the wrong place for consistency. But, all right, so Brendan was the first person to mention any bonfire. So who told him about the bonfire and did the police – or Brendan was the only one who mentioned that there was a bonfire canceled. So he was the first person to say bonfire, apparently, unless we have from the unknown interviews with Brendan – whether or not they implanted that or whatnot. But was did the story that comes from the bonfire, did they just roll with it and create it and turn it into fact from Brendan saying it was canceled and then they planted all the evidence afterwards because they were trying to come up with some kind of story that had some kind of root in truth? Or they fabricated the whole thing, we don't know. So Brendan was interviewed at his school February 27th. By Detective Weigert and Special Agent Fassbender, at the beginning of the interview, the investigators told Brendan there had been a bonfire, so nobody told him that on November sixth when he said it was canceled. On the twenty seventh, they're telling him there was a bonfire.
2: <laughs> they were there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was that when they was that when they burned the bo- Teresa Hallback's bones? Yes. So that's how they know. <laughs> <laughs> they stated it as fact. So they, and once again, they didn't ask him if there was a fire. They told him it was the fire. So Fassbender. So yeah, let's look at the origin of the legend of the bonfire. <laughs> so Fassbender said, how's your mom doing? Brandon says, pretty good. Fassbender says, anything else bothering you? Brendan says, not really. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Just wants to watch WrestleMania, man. All right. <laughs> Uh, fastbender says, "No, Brendan, we know that that Halloween and stuff you were with him." And Fassbender says, "And stuff like isn't isn't Brendan the one who's supposed to be with the low IQ? <laughs> Come on, man, you gotta do this and He's stuff trying, and uh, stuff." Trying to go to <laughs> and it helped him tend to a fire and stuff like that. So <laughs> that Halloween and stuff you were with him and and helped him tend to a fire and stuff like that <laughs> behind the garage and stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> it's all one sentence. You gotta read it. It's hilarious. And and anything that you saw that night that's been bothering ya. And if you built the fire, and we believe that's where Teresa was cooked. <laughs> cooked. That this is coming from Fastbender's mouth. Cooked her. Dang. And stuff and stuff and stuff. And cooked. And if you were out there by the fire and stuff, and by your own words you went out and got that. That seat out of uh, the vehicle seat, remember that one? Brought it over, and someone put it on the fire. Did you put that seat on the fire or him? Brendan answers, we both did. <laughs> Yo, come on. So they carried it equally with 50-50% weight? <laughs> But there was no fire, remember? They told him there was a fire. Now they're telling him all of this stuff and stuff and stuff.
2: <laughs> Brendan sat in the scene and Avery carried it over. <laughs> 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 yeah, this story is oh my why is he making oh, a genius? Man. They're messing with these people so bad. So then they say, stuff. What
0: did you both
2: what did you both
0: grab it and put it put it in the fire? What did you see in the fire?
2: So here's what's weird. Wait, this isn't the interview where he said he did this all is, this stuff. This, this is, is the, the one. February before. 26th one. Okay. The one he does is March 1st, right? It's after. Yeah, it's after.
0: There were three official, and then there were unknown amount unofficial.
2: Okay. So this so, isn't yeah. the one that he ends up going to jail for yet. Pretty sure.
0: So they're going with the info about the seat referenced <laughs> a fire that occurred a couple weeks before October 31st. Okay. Because remember they were talking car parts yeah. and stuff for the two weeks before, so now they're telling him that not only a fire happened about Halloween, which nobody talked about, but they're intentionally trying to confuse him about what he said was burned in the fire from the two weeks before when the real fire happened that Stephen Avery admitted to, and nobody denied.
2: So they're kind of like playing the like the two dates together. And they're trying to confuse confused, him, yeah. yeah.
0: I guess and stuff and stuff and stuff helps, like you know stuff it all together. (laughs) So by the the time he was arrested, they repeated this lie so many times that now everybody believes that Avery had a fire in his fire pit (laughs) by his garage on Halloween. (laughs) Where like originally, they they, they just made this legend up and they repeated it so many times, now everybody thinks the legend is true.
2: So if this really...
1: They kind of planted like an event so, so yeah it is it's like inception and
2: shit <laughs> <laughs> this is like uh if he, so his fire was two weeks before right the 31st roughly yeah so what the even... heck like i wonder if they never even planted any bones or not even her bones just like chicken bones or like deer bones <laughs> or something Bigfoot it's, bones. Not even, <laughs> it's not even human bones dog man bone <laughs> He said they're cooking i mean I don't know. cook some chicken
0: all right so during the making a murder documentary there's a phone conversation where steven actually discusses this with barbara the fire
2: they're coming to get you barbara <laughs> night of the living dead you guys haven't seen that nope uh, uh. is that where they uh, wear glasses <laughs> wait what wait what what am i thinking yeah. of? the
0: original from like the black and white All right, anyway, so uh, from the phone conversation, that night he, Brendan, came over. We had the bonfire, and he was home by 9 because Jody called me at 9, and I was in the house
2: already. So this is from Stephen's mouth. Is that? Okay. He was watching porn that night, he said, right? (laughs) I believe so, yeah. He tied himself up with the shackles. Wait, weren't was there there was no DNA at all found on the show? I don't think so, no. Yeah, so that wasn't even his. <laughs> 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 he didn't even tie his own self up. <laughs> what is he
0: thinking? It's like how dare he wear his own jacket, which wasn't the jacket described by <laughs> Benny Bearenson in the original baby. Look, he wore that jacket. Even though that's not the jacket of the assailant, he
2: wore his own jacket. He's guilty. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Oh man.
0: <laughs> it didn't make no sense. So so did they say it five million times to the point where even steven believed it? So if this criminal mastermind genius, he would have been able to keep it straight in his head, right? But now everybody's talking about the fire. So if they're just making offhand comments, you know, steven like they think that that's the fire you burned her in because you had it on Halloween. And then if he got confused, Cause, cause that it is weird that he does start talking about that. That might be when it was.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Instead of flat out denying it, maybe he thought he would look worse. I mean, I don't know. Because also, like that
2: me. week might have been pretty stressful too. He could have like got screwed up in the head. Time would have. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good
0: point too. He's all stressed out. But like, look at look at any case. What's the most reliable testimony?
2: It's The closest to the time.
0: Yeah. So during the closest time, there's not a single person. Who that's said there said was a that, bonfire on Halloween? That's
1: Oliver. very interesting. So the bonfire... all their stories
0: match originally. But then since, later, but since, uh... the myth and legend of the bonfire was born, and Scotty starts talking about how huge it
2: was. The bonfire <laughs> and it just grows. Issue... And it's like a
0: legend. It grows in <laughs> time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Paul Bunyan. <laughs> Eventually, he's a giant. He used to be a Gulliver.
2: regular. <laughs> no, so uh, the the bonfire issue only came up after they found the bones, or the, the bonfire story. Kind of exists. It looks like Brendan
0: mentioned that a bonfire was canceled, that his mom canceled it. Yeah. Okay. Wait, um, was it? um,
1: I think the only time where it was uh, mentioned by Stephen, I think did he did he call uh, Brendan to come over to the fire or something like that?
0: Is that what Brendan said in his like third or fourth account? Yeah, right. That was there was no original there was no original story about that, but but.
2: because Avery might have not even thought anything about the fire. Like, sure, I might have done it last week. I might have done it yesterday. Yeah, like, right, the fire has right. nothing to do with anything. Right, right. What are you yeah, asking me yeah. about the fire yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Especially when it's a normal thing that he does. They bring <laughs> yeah. the yeah. Yeah, all the it's time. It's so frequent that the like, time like, schedule can get mixed up because it's very frequent. Because
1: it's like, oh, were you driving your car, Maxwell?
0: Yeah, I was driving
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it's like who what do you care if i did a fire for so <laughs>
0: an interesting point also so th- we have no evidence there was a, fo- a, a fire on halloween either like we have no evidence at all so how, what how about, do we
2: know did you get the oh you didn't get there yet but the redant guy are you going i'm going to get to him yeah okay. i'm
0: getting to him now but uh so we have so from statements from these people's statements there is no evidence of a <laughs> bonfire so <laughs> yeah. here's the other thing that's kind of weird so is it possible that nothing was ever burned there so even like the the camera phone parts all that stuff was burned elsewhere and then just put there yeah, because there that. was no fire on the property as far as we know <laughs> there's no legitimate evidence so there's not even any crowns of the teeth so only the root fragments of the tooth remain so once again the length of the fire would have to be so extreme to burn yeah. this there even if he had a bonfire on his property, it wouldn't have burned long enough. And, of yeah. course, there might have not even been a fire at all since we don't have any evidence of fire. So, as far as we know, there is no fire. Now, also, the condition of the bones and the collection of the bones wasn't documented with photos. So, we can't even compare. Like, it's like they intentionally botched. Like we were talking before, is this incompetence, a combination of both. We can't verify anything from the collection of the bones because the site was disturbed so severely that you can't even... Test this hypothesis that there might have been a, f- a fire. So, if the key was planted, the blood was planted, the bullet was planted, and the bones were
2: planted, the fire was planted. <laughs> 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 the fire was planted. <laughs> Dude, that's like real inception right there. That's- yeah, well, is it planted <laughs> in the minds of the people? Yeah, yeah. Wow. The thought was planted. If you guys haven't yeah. seen
1: it yet. So watch Inception. That yeah. One of my favorite movies, if not my favorite. <laughs> really? It's yeah, your favorite movie? it's my favorite movie. Wow. I was just watching it yesterday, too.
0: How many times have you seen it?
1: Uh, this would be my f- fifth time, maybe. I don't wow,
0: know. I didn't know you are such a big Inception fan.
1: Uh, big, big time. It's my favorite movie.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Mr. Joshua Redond. So he's the owner of the quarry adjacent to the Stephen Avery property. He gave a written statement to Gary Steer of the Calumet County Sheriff's Office on November 5th, 2005. So this is in the CASO, page 79. He wrote that on October 31st, he, quote, observed a fire in the proximity of Stephen Avery's home or on Avery's property, and the fire appeared to be contained to a 55-gallon drum. So his statement... So let's go to the full statement. On October 31st, at approximately 4.30 p.m., I drove up to my deer camp off Cuss Road, my gravel pit, and observed a fire going in the proximity of Stephen Avery's home or on the Avery property. The fire appeared to be contained to a 55-gallon drum. Or a 55-gallon His
2: property drum. is far, right? I mean, it's like not super close. There's a ridge, too, so yeah. the fire
0: would have to be pretty gigantic. Because we're talking about
2: one of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How the yeah. hell are you going to see a fire in one of these? So, um, <laughs> right here. So, the uh, the deer
0: camp is where he alleged he was, and then Avery's property is in the bottom left of the yellow rectangle.
2: Okay. and do you know exactly where he was, that guy? Because I know he was in the season two. He was driving not sh- around.
0: Not sure, but there's like a ridge here. Yeah, the tall ridge. So the fire would have to be pretty popping for him to have seen it. Possibly impossible from the drum because of the ridge. But hold on, let's let's go through his account first. So the state said that uh, so the fire in a fifty-five gallon drum in the vicinity of Avery's home. Became a large bonfire in the fire pit behind his garage, so that's what they took from his statement. He didn't technically say that, so they're saying he said that there was a bonfire in the fire pit. He never said that. He said it could be con- it was contained to a drum. So already we don't have any consistency here. Oh, who, I'm sorry. Who's who's talking? Right <laughs> now? No, no, who's, who's talking right now? Who's... Joshua Redant. So he owns the adjacent property, quarry, uh, okay. okay, gravel yeah. pit
1: area. Yeah, Kathleen Zellner was after him a little bit.
0: <sighs> yeah, we're going to get into that. So, oh, you know who Zellner is? <laughs> That's awesome. his wife, right? <laughs> Stephen <laughs> <Ames>. <laughs> According to Maxwell on previous episodes.
2: How funny, when he gets out, they like get together... You She's married, actually. With oh, she is married? Yeah. She's holy married crap, I didn't married. know that. Look at this fire. You see that from that far away? <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: think so, man. Well, if they used acceler, if you put accelerant in it, but even mm. still, it's not
1: going to be, yeah. You need a torch from underneath going up, <laughs> like that whole propane tank.
0: Yeah. Make, <laughs> the propane it, tank on fire. Making an arsonist. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a good title. <laughs> this would be like
1: the, a good Podcast oh. making, making okay an arsonist so according
0: <laughs> according to a friend of our Mr Joshua Redant who was at the deer camp between November fourth and sixth the woods and gravel pit at Redant's quarry were searched the morning of November fifth before Teresa's Rav four was found at Avery salvage yard if that's her Rav four which we'll be going into in the next episode but um. The deer camp wasn't searched prior to November 7th. They found human bones in and near Avery's fire pit, also referred to as the burn pit, on the afternoon of November 8th, according to page 157. Okay, so here's a statement. I was at the deer camp at Radon's Quarry when the car, Teresa's RAV4, was found about 300 yards away on Saturday, November 5th, 2005, by the pond in the pit of Avery Salvage Yard. I didn't see anyone search the deer camp while I was there, November 4th to 6th. They did walk through the woods and gravel pits that Saturday prior to finding the car. It, the deer camp, might have been searched by police between October October, <laughs> between October 31st and when the car was found and after I was gone for the weekend, don't remember. The reason Josh and Travis were on the sign-up sheet that day, Saturday, November 5th, was because they were asked to give a statement regarding the fire. I have read about Josh being questioned at the deer camp, but it's not true. What some of you guys are missing, since you haven't been to the deer camp, is that the camp is at the same elevation at the Avery, as the Avery property, where Joshua claims the fire was burning. The land between the deer camp and the fire is dug out. I could see Avery's shack yard from the parking area at the deer camp. It isn't unreasonable to see a fire at dusk from that distance and in a straight line. I mean, Bobby, he didn't see anything. (laughs) Right next, walking right next (laughs) (laughs) to What Redont described as a large fire on the 31st in his initial statement wasn't a bonfire. It was one fire in one burn barrel. So... Okay, and Redant wasn't called to testify, which is kind of strange. So it seems like the state made an intentional effort to not use him as a witness because it would be kind of obvious to cross examine and wait a second. Wait a second, you said this was clearly confined to a 55-gallon drum. How was he having a bonfire and a burn fit? So they didn't even want any of this presented at trial. Kind of like they don't want the medical examiner on site for the, for the recovery yeah. of any bones at the fire pit.
2: It's all very strange, huh? Yeah, season two, uh, they went to his property, and he had his lawyer there with them.
1: It does cost $36 million, so...
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... In 2017, Redant gave an affidavit, which Kathleen Zellner included in her motion for post conviction relief. So there's a section labeled Trial Defense Counsel Failed to Investigate the Veracity of Police Reports Regarding Joshua Redant. Redant was both the prosecution and defense's witness lists, but neither team called him to the stand, which is kind of weird because if he was on the witness list, how did they prevent him from?
2: Yeah, because he would know time, like yeah. when the time was, you know, what kind of fire he saw. You know
0: they would ask him to explain his statement. You clearly said it was confined to a 55-gallon drum. Yeah. <laughs> so Mr. Redond told investigators he saw a fire on the Avery property on October 31st. He described the property be- being contained to a 55-gallon drum. When investigators re-interviewed Mr. Redond on November 10th, they pressured him to describe the fire as large behind Mr. Avery's garage and an open burn pit. So Redont never ever told investigators that the fire was behind the garage. He sets forth in his affidavit that he remembers seeing the fire contained to a burn barrel between trailers on the Avery property, not behind the garage. So apparently he admitted that uh or it would have become kind of obvious that these so-called law enforcement were telling him to kind of exaggerate the size of the fire
2: and they want that big fire right because how else is are those bones going to burn that's why they keep saying it's a big fire or whatever because in a small fire i guess you can't really burn a body or anything
1: from what i understand the if you if you put a body in a in a barrel and just you keep refueling it, it does have that effect on the body. It can burn it really well, like a Constantly like a crem- like a crematory mm-hmm. burning. At least that's from what I. All
0: right. So, the other strange thing about where the Rav Four was found. So apparently, Department of Justice agents believed that the Rav Four was driven to the cuss road cul-de-sac driving west through an empty field and then south down the gravel road past the hunting camp until an intersection with a gravel road that ran northeast into the avery property they believed that hallback's vehicle turned northeast onto the gravel road and entered the avery property at the southwest corner so some people believe this was done by uh, dog scent that they tracked this uh, this happening. So the scent tracking dogs supposedly made Department of Justice investigators think that Hallback's vehicle was taken through the gravel road past the hunting camp. so certain so certain investigators supposedly thought that Hallback's vehicle was being stored on Redant's property before it was moved to the southeast corner of Avery Salvage. What do you think about that, Johnny? There are whispers throughout the community (laughs) that the vehicle was stored on Redond's property, and Redond is
2: complicit in all of this. Through the Cuss road? Yeah. It connects through that, right? Yeah. I don't know. That guy uh, on the documentary, you know, we kind of get to see him. He didn't really seem that sketchy at first. He did because it kind of like the way they filmed it. He seemed kind of secretive, but then after his lawyer was like, yeah, say whatever you want," uh, he yeah, just maybe talked. they planned that. Just, though. I don't know,
0: or maybe he didn't know about it.
2: What the filming? No, what? no,
0: that the fact that the car was stolen. Oh. Pro- He's got a pretty big property. He might have not known. Possibly, I don't know. Let's examine Mr. Redon here. So, oh wait, this is all part of Redon's statement. So, let me, let me read that again. I was told... Yeah, this is all part of Radon's statement. Later that day, enforcement called my phone again. They informed me that they completed their search and I could use them again. So, later that week, I received a call from law enforcement on my phone. Law enforcement asked me to unlock my three hunting trailers so that they could be searched. I left work and drove to the hunting camp. When I arrived there, was nobody there. I unlocked my trailers and left. It is my understanding that they were searched by law enforcement and sent tracking dogs. Later that day, law enforcement called my phone again. They informed me that they completed their search and I could use them again normally. So he's basically admitting that law enforcement had access to his property and these uh, trailers.
2: For how long, did they say? It was just that day where he was at work? Yeah, that day. Hmm. And he wasn't allowed to go back or he was just at work?
0: Yeah, he was at work, then he unlocked, went back, and then later in the day, he got called again. Yeah. During the course of the conversation, law enforcement informed me that they were going to collect the contents of the burn barrel at the hunting camp at a later time. When I returned to camp, they had the area cordoned off surrounding the burn barrel and had officers to watch the burn barrel day and night on a rotating basis until its contents were collected. A few days after November 5, 2005, I remember seeing light in the Manitowoc County sand and gravel pit to the south of Radon's property. I remember that the lights appeared to illuminate the entire Manitowoc County pit. I understand that there were suspected human pelvic bones recovered from a gravel pit property south of Avery's Auto Salvage. Upon reviewing a map showing the coordinates at which these bones were found, I believe they were found in the Manitowoc County sand and gravel pit. Like what you were saying, Johnny, before. They were actually on Manitowoc County property, which is insane if you think about it. So, if we're going by the notion wherever the bones are found, that's who the perpetrator is, because some of these guilters are saying, well, bones found on the property, burned on the property, Avery's, pro- Avery's guilty. If they were found and burned on Manitowoc County property, I guess Manitowoc County's guilty. That's their <laughs> logic, right? We don't need to do a proper investigation. It's guilty yeah. and proven an innocent. Prior to November 5th, 2005, the only permanent security measures in place to prevent access to the redond sand and gravel pit by trespassers were private property signs posted at all the entrances. There were locking gates or cables at each access road, but they were rarely used. Approximately one or two months Before the start of Mr. Avery's criminal trial in 2007, I was summoned to the courthouse. At the courthouse, I was questioned again about my recollection of seeing a fire in the direction of the Avery property on October 31st, 2005. I was not called as a witness to testify at Mr. Avery's criminal trial in 2007. So, I mean, that's another good point, though. Anybody else could have also used his property if he's if Redon has nothing to do with it. They could have used his property to do whatever, whether it was police, whether it was the real perpetrator, random serial killer, Stephen Avery's clone with split personalities. They could have been using this property as well without Redon's knowledge.
2: Deer camp, right? Anybody could go there and just camp, yes, like yeah, buy it out, or rent it. Yeah.
0: So once again, a lot of good redditors out there investigating this case and many others. Here is. A Redditor made a list of the summary on the impact of Joshua Radon's affidavit. (laughs) 1. Law enforcement knew that the RAV4 was stored on Radon's property before being moved. 2. Law enforcement knew the route the RAV4 took to get where it was found. 3. Law enforcement found the bones, maybe even burned them themselves. And protected them around the clock till they could be planted and refound in or near Stephen Avery's burn pit. Do we have pictures of either location? Oh, yeah, never mind that. <laughs> Four, we have bright lights in the Manitowoc County gravel pit illuminating everything. Could someone have been picking the best, most identifiable bones for planting? Oops, they dropped a few along the way. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> We'll just convince or strong arm the neighbor into saying the fire was much bigger than it actually was and we'll just leave a few random bones around his property so he'll be sure to cooperate with us. So <laughs> this Redditor is insinuating that they left that trail of bo- or some evidence at Redants in order to say, oh, you better say what we say, otherwise you're going in with Avery. Curious? Is this curious? Maxwell? Find any of this Curious. Curious. <laughs> 5. After reading Redon's statement, this case goes straight to the top. 6. Thank you for the truth, Joshua Redant. Wish there were more like you around. So sorry you got wrapped up for so long in this. So this person thinks that Redon is the good guy. And he kind of sort of told the truth as much as he could. And we're going to dissect Redon some more. Because there are some weird, bizarre peculiarities <laughs> about Joshua Redon. So Zellner stated in a June 7th, 2017 motion that Mr. Redont has been unfairly targeted as a possible suspect because he owned land adjacent to the Avery property. She also noted, Current post-conviction counsel has interviewed Mr. Redont on two occasions and has been accompanied by him twice to view all of his property. No evidence exists that implicates Mr. Redont in the murder of Ms. Hallback, and he has a solid alibi for the afternoon of October 31st, 2005. Zellner wrote in her June 7, 27 motion that law enforcement pressured Joshua Redant to describe the fire he observed on October 31st around 4.30 p.m., as a large fire behind Stephen Avery's garage in an open burn pit, even though, in his written statement on November fifth, Redant described the fire as being in a burned barrel, Redant stated. I remember them asking me if I was sure that I saw what I said I saw. <laughs> It seemed to me that they weren't satisfied with my statement about the fire. Specifically, it seemed to me that they wanted me to change my story to include a larger fire, because they were reluctant to accept my story as true. I eventually asked them what they wanted me to say. They told me that all they wanted was the truth. I advised them that I had been telling the truth. It wasn't the right truth for them, though. (laughs) Regarding the burn barrels, Zellner wrote on page 76 of this motion, bone fragments could not have actually been located in the burn barrel, number two, because this barrel had already been sifted by WSCL personnel, I guess that's the Wisconsin State Crime Lab personnel on November 7th and no human bone fragments were discovered in this barrel or any of the barrels examined at that time. During the examination of barrel number two on November seven, two thousand and five, WsCL personnel used the same sifting apparatus they later used to sift the burn pit behind Mr. Avery's garage. Suspiciously, the pieces of burned bone that were eventually found in barrel number two were noticeably larger than the bone fragments from the burn pit. If bone fragments had been in burn barrel number two when it was examined by Mr. Ertl and his team from the, Wisconsin State Crime Lab on November 7, 2005, the bone fragments would have been isolated by their sifting apparatus. <laughs> How do you like them apples, Maxwell?
1: <laughs> I
0: like apples. <laughs> <laughs> do you get what the point of that?
1: Actually, I kind of drifted off. They
0: sifted past- through the barrels and they didn't find anything. Then using the same sifter, they went through the burn pit and found much smaller fragments. Then they went back to the barrel and found bigger fragments. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, the magical sifter. Yeah. It's
1: like a magic show. It makes bones.
0: That's why they put the tent up like a circus magic show. What's going on with the Rav4? Got
1: the tarp, got the sifter
0: (laughs) the magic sifter the the inception uh what do you think about that johnny have you heard did you read that before in zellner's never heard that that's insane right like we can't take anything at face value in this case
2: i mean i've heard the whole like yeah they didn't find bones the first time then they found bones and all that stuff that's just weird yeah, I remember something like that. Everything's
0: weird. And we're only scratching the surface. We will get much, much deeper into all of this evidence, so-called evidence, and plenty more in the following podcasts. Once again, thank you for joining us for another episode of Mind Shock True Crime. If you like the podcast, you can donate to our PayPal. Just check the link in the description. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and hit the like button if you like the podcast. Feel free to share it. Feel free to leave any thoughts, comments, questions, or anything at all in the comments. And like our Facebook page. Check out Twitter, Reddit, and Patreon. This is Bruce McGuire signing off.
2: And Johnny Mills. We'll see you guys next time. If you like audiobooks or audio shows, check out a free trial of Audible. Just click the link in the description.
0: You are listening to Mindshock True Crime. This is your hosts, Bruce McGuire.
2: And Maxwell Powers. And Johnny Mills.
0: And this is the Stephen Avery series. We are on episode 9. So-called evidence. <laughs> We've looked at critical conflicts. We've dissected DNA for dummies, and we're going to be looking at some of the other evidence in the Stephen Avery case. Some of the most damning evidence that the so-called guilters claim make it obvious that Stephen Avery is guilty. That none of the evidence was planted, and that it's pretty much a done deal, and there's nothing to discuss, and the guilty parties are serving time in prison justly but once again if you like our podcast you can donate to our paypal just check the link in the description make sure you're subscribed to the channel hit the bell for notifications to get updates when we release new podcasts and make sure you like our facebook page as well you could also check out our twitter and reddit and patreon which by the way we have our first patron (laughs) nice so congrats to the lucky individual who is joining the mind shock crew Possibly a Maxwell Army uh, member. Definitely a <laughs> Maxwell <laughs> Army supporter. <laughs> so, all right. We're going to be looking at a couple different things. We're going to be examining all of this evidence. Is the evidence legitimate in this case? Is anything legitimate in this case? Maxwell, you're all caught up with the documentary series. You actually watched season one and <laughs> season two. I
1: finished it. Still nowhere on Mora, but at least you're <laughs> steven <laughs>
0: Um. So what are your thoughts now? Do you uh, at least know who the people are? Yeah,
1: yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, <laughs> it was a well-made documentary. Um, when is season three coming out? I
2: don't know. They started talking about it, though. Is it confirmed?
1: Oh, wow. I don't know if it's confirmed. Yeah. You, know, you know what's crazy? Like, watching the last episode, it was only, like, like five months ago. <laughs> like, it was filmed <laughs> yeah, it was five months ago yeah. or something like that. Or three or something it was like July, that. July, I think, really right? Really recent. July 2018. So that was that was pretty interesting.
0: So any thoughts? Everything's legit. Anything that um, uh, stuck out to you? Well, after after
1: watching the whole documentary and kind of like reading up on a little bit on on Reddit, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who killed him or killed her, because I mean, I, I, or or that too, <laughs> that too. Like, I I don't know if she's dead or or um, it, it's it's messed up because I'm I'm looking at kind of I'm kind of looking at Bobby Dassey, but. Uh, I'm also looking back at Stephen Avery again. I'm like, oh man.
0: So was it his clone, Johnny, or yeah, was it, yeah. or is his clone have a split personality, <laughs> and the real Stephen <laughs> Avery doesn't know anything at all? <laughs> <laughs> oh, th- that one makes a better movie. But <laughs> 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 all right, uh, so let's get into the burn pit. Do
2: you want to just mention what uh, Zellner did? She put in a uh, motion to get some DNA for the bones tested.
0: Yeah, the appellate court wants no part. I mean, I'm sure they're not corrupt at all. I'm sure they have reasons. It wasn't a direct denial of having the bones independently tested, though. The appellate court just doesn't want to hear it, but... Once she again, like for test a retri- yeah, uh, well, what they did had nothing to do with whether she could test the bones or not. So her she could I don't know if they're gonna let her test the bones, but that wasn't related to testing the bones. That was just the court side because they'd still have to and give up. She the actually bones. didn't do retrials for her other exonerations either, so it doesn't Yeah, because
2: they would have to hand over the bones she to She doesn't her.
0: want a retrial because there's no real if that if those aren't even her bones, I mean there's no case. There's no reason to do a retrial because there's no case. So Okay, so could the remains have even been burned in the burn pit? That's next to uh, making a genius Stephen Avery's propane (laughs) tank. (laughs) So I'm going to read a very interesting article posted uh, June eighteenth, 2017 by Tim Haggerty. Making a murder fire expert, Teresa Hallback, not burned in Stephen Avery's fire pit. The body of Teresa Halbach was not burned in a fire pit owned by making a murder or making a genius subject Stephen Avery back in 2005, a forensic scientist hired by Chicago lawyer Kathleen Zellner claims Dr. John DeHaan, who has almost 50 years worth of experience with fires and bombs, said several pieces of evidence tell him Hallback was burned elsewhere and her bones were planted behind Avery's garage. The news comes more than a week after Zellner filed a 1,200 page motion seeking Avery's release or a new trial. An affidavit signed by Dehan is one of hundreds of exhibits filed with the motion, although it was not part of the initial 220-page release to the media on June 7th. The inquisitor has since obtained a copy of the document along with several other exhibits in Avery's latest post-conviction petition. Dehan's report also comes after almost 2 years of speculation among docu series watchers. The state claims Avery killed Hallback before he and nephew Brendan Dassey burned her in a Halloween bonfire. Some of her bones were found in a burn barrel along with her phone, palm pilot, and camera. The state failed to explain why there were remains in at least two different places, even though Avery's lawyers asserted that nobody would burn a body, then dumped the remains in his own backyard. <laughs> But it was the state's case the jury bought, or were intimidated into buying. burn barrels and fire pits, Stephen Avery and members of his family admitted to regularly burning garbage in 55 gallon barrels on their property. Avery burned his trash every two weeks, although he said he did not have a barrel fire on October 31st. And this is an important point we will be examining shortly on whether or not the bonfire even happened that night. Because a lot of people claim that he admitted it But we have to look at the timeline of statements, which are more accurate before police intimidated who, what their statement originally said, what it said after talking to police, and the timeline, because this is all very, very, very curious. Some people are not just going to be brain dead and buy, oh, well, they admitted it, we don't need to look at the dates, we don't need to look at who talked to who, we don't need to look at any logistics, but this is mind shock, and we look at all the logistics. Police found a total of seven Barrels on the property. One was about forty yards from Avery's trailer. Four others were clustered near Barb Janda's house next door. Do you know who Barb Janda is, Maxwell? I forget who that is. <laughs> His um, sister. Oh, okay. His neighbor's sister and sister. Okay. And her partner at the time was Scott Tadich. Or is it Tadich? Tadich. <laughs> Tabitch. <laughs> <laughs> Each was used to burn kitchen and bathroom trash. Regular bonfires were lit behind Avery's garage in a shallow fire pit the family used to burn larger household items. Various car parts and animal remains, a common occurrence in rural Wisconsin. That is what the October 31st fire was for. Just another bonfire, Stephen Avery, started at 7 p.m. and let burn for about two and a half hours. Dassey, then 16, stayed by the fire for about two hours. At eight fifty seven PM, Avery's ex fiance, Jody Stakowski. Do you know who that is, Maxwell?
1: Mm, I forget. Well, I just said it. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so tell
0: me. His ex fiance. Oh, okay. <laughs> called him from the manitowoc county jail after that he watched a movie and went to sleep teresa hallback had been to his trailer at 2:31 p.m that afternoon took a picture of janda's van then drove away he said he attempted to call her at 4:35 p.m to schedule another photo shoot but the call didn't go through Bones. On November eighth, three days after Teresa Hallback's ninety-nine Toyota RAV4 was discovered in the Avery Salvage Yard by Pam Sturm. Do you know who that is, Maxwell?
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For some reason I don't remember but the I, guy I... with the
0: uh, the guy, the girl <laughs> the the lady with the eighties hair at trial, who's Wait, wait, really what'd smile. you say? Pam Stern? Oh, no, I'm... At- <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's the lady who found oh, the no, car. Oh, no, no, yeah. no. I'm turning into Maxwell. Um, you said it before you asked him the question again. I know. <laughs> so what, what was it? No, but I got... Because they
0: both testified at trial, and they both have blonde hair, but uh, <laughs> Pam Stern was the one that found the vehicle. God uh, led her... Yeah, yeah, God yeah, led like the God, way yeah, among the a, a of lot God. of 4,000 vehicles.
2: <laughs> Straight to the car. Yep. Straight to the
0: car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Within, like, minutes. And she's also uh, Pagel's cousin and Hallback's cousin. Everybody's related. Wow. No conflict of interest there. (laughs) (laughs) Manitowoc County Sergeant Jason Jost saw what looked like a human vertebrae on the ground near Avery's fire pit. Steel wire belts from burnt tires, old tools, charred metal, and a burned vehicle seat found in and around the pit were covered in a hard crust, likely formed from the rain that fell in the area November 5th through 7th. But it was what was underneath the debris investigators say broke the case open. Sifting through the fire pit's contents for two days, investigators with the Wisconsin State Crime Lab extracted what were later identified at... Bones from 40 to 60 percent of Hallback's skeleton. Okay, and once again, check out our DNA for Dummies podcast To see the process that entailed identifying these bones The actual FBI report says Teresa Hallback cannot be excluded Doesn't say the bones match Teresa Hallback. The state alleged that the bones were intertwined with the tire belts, indicating that Hallback's body was burned along with the tires. The seat was also a main fuel source to make the crude cremation of the 25-year-old photographer possible in the open air. And that is what happened to Hallback after Avery and Dassey raped and killed her, prosecutors told the jury. Calumet County District Attorney Ken Kratz, do you know who that is, Maximum?
1: Prosecutor that sexted this girl and then got, um, I think he resigned after that.
0: Yeah, he, he also showed up to check out the RAV4, left the property along oh, with yeah, the that, RAV4. that one too. That was kind of Very, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting character, this Mr. Ken Kratz is. <laughs> so, based oh, on man. the theory, based that on the th- testimony of Dr. Leslie Eisenberg, the forensic anthropologist, whose Zellner claims incorrectly determined Hallback was shot in the head. Eisenberg concluded that Hallback's body was burned in Avery's fire pit from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. October 31st. Dehan says Eisenberg is wrong about that, too. Burning a body in an open-air burn pit takes six to eight hours to accomplish thermal destruction to the degree I observed in Dr. Eisenberg's reports and photos, Dehan wrote in the affidavit. It is my opinion that the burned bones found in Stephen Avery's burn pit could not have been burned to the degree I observed after four hours of burning in an open-air pit like the one behind Stephen Avery's garage. Halbach's body, he said, was burned in a vented yet enclosed vessel that radiates a uniform amount of heat, something consistent with a metal burn barrel. And what about the tire wires Wisconsin crime experts say were intertwined with Halbach's bones? They weren't. Says Dehan, because the tires and the bones were not burnt in the same fire. During fire exposure, the steel multi-strand wires degrade, break, and fray to form bristles that readily trap any material coming into contact with them during or after the fire, says Dehan. Small calcined bone fragments are especially easy to trap. This has been observed in test fires where the tires were under or alongside a burned body as well as on top. There was no evidence that the entrapment of the debris occurred during the fire that consumed the remains. From my review of these photographs and reports generated by law enforcement agents at the scene and dr eisenberg in later examinations there is nothing to suggest that the tires were in fact burned with the human bones recovered in stephen avery's burn pit in the manner described by the state so okay once again is this just a sloppy cover-up because law enforcement never thought there would be this kind of scrutiny on the case like they thought it would just be a small town frame up and no one would ever look at this because now they got like real, legit experts, 50 years of experience saying, yeah, yeah this, this, the case the state presented is complete nonsense. But you don't even need those experts. Like common sense and logic will tell you that, uh, you know, the people that are finding all the evidence just happen to be the people that are being sued for $36 million, who just happened to, to f- frame the guy previously, who just happened <laughs> to be the ones who found all the so-called pieces of evidence. And then he just and then he does the greatest garage cleanup job in the history of crime where he there's not anything except some old deer spec DNA. He must have missed that, but somehow bleached everything else so perfectly, then put back the years of dust and grime on top of the garage, and yet nothing in his bedroom where they alleged that he shot and killed her. And then of course, her DNA's not on the rav4 key. Her DNA's not on any of the other stuff in the bedroom. Like it's kind of weird, right?
2: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's like all the evidence points at him, but just like it's kind of like crazy how it all does because it doesn't make sense how it all happened. It, it looks there. like
0: someone's just setting it up so that all the evidence will point at him. Yeah. Like even the RAV4, he's not going to crush that car. And
2: it's like so perfect. Like it's the perfect. Like, why would he just leave his key there? Like, why genius. would he put the car on his property? Gen-
0: well, what's interesting <laughs> is that all the guilters are like, oh, yeah, but the hood latch DNA. Like, as we went over in the previous podcast, the, the crime tech admitted he didn't change his gloves from going through Avery's car and opening a car. So how are you going to accept that evidence? Like, none of it, like, for you to blindly accept all this evidence, like, it, it's just, it's really bizarre. I mean, once again, I'm not saying he's innocent. Like, if he has a split personality, I mean, or he's a gene. Like, we have there's there's different scenarios. Or it's a clone of him. There's scenarios where he could be guilty. We don't know. We weren't there. But to just blindly believe an obvious frame-up job. Once again, my theory to reiterate: I believe, based on all the information here, the police were framing who they thought was an innocent man. He might have still killed her, but I don't think the police knew because then, like, it doesn't explain this whole setup. <laughs> and of course, we don't even know if she's dead or and not. And then somebody so, yeah, in his thinking.
2: family could have just done it too, or like know. Scott think, or somebody. Uh,
1: for some reason, I remember you saying that the the police actually thought that Stephen Avery is guilty. Uh, I thought that's what that was your previous. No, my theory original
0: of... theory is they think he's innocent, but they but he they framed him and yeah. he might be guilty. But they wouldn't think they, they just wanted to frame him. But I mean, that's that's not like that. No, but, but but right now, what your theory is
1: that he, uh, I don't have a real theory. I just well, threw yeah, that out there. But, but but right now, you think that uh, that the police thinks that he's uh, he's innocent. I always thought that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Huh. All right. I for some reason. Well, I how could he be? Like, I thought it was the opposite. why are
0: they? If all this is true, and he's just some like, unless he's a split personality genius who's both. Has absolutely no thinking ability and also a genius, and the personalities switch because it doesn't. It makes no sense. Like none of the state's case makes any sense at all. Like just on a scale of basic logic, if you tell it to like a small child, they'll probably be like, "Wait, wait a second. Why didn't he just do this or do that?" But if he's capable of this, how is he not capable of that? None of it. Like he's gonna burn it somewhere else, then bring it back to, and then sprinkle some in his neighbor's yard. Like it's kind of weird. None of it makes any sense. So. And then the guys that just found the key... Oh, look. <laughs> I miss that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: While they're sitting on his bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the case is... It's, it's, a, it's a stinky case.
0: It stinks. <sighs> There's a foul stench of corruption around this case. And it's just obvious. So, again, we weren't there. We don't know if he did or not. But we don't even know if she's dead or not. So, again, in any case, we need some definitive... Like, why would we... We need definitive information here. We're not going to take anything on faith. That's not scientific or logical. Alright, let's look at the excavation. So, questionable excavation. Since the documentary aired, millions of viewers... Even those who believe Avery may have killed Hallback question the coincidental nature of how evidence began popping up on his property. It was either sardonic or Avery is the unluckiest man who ever lived. He had already served 18 years for a rape committed by someone else. Within two years of his release, a young pretty girl he knows goes missing and her car turns up on his property. That was November 5th. The vehicle's key was found in his bedroom November 8th. The same day, another Manitowoc County deputy finds the first bone. It was a busy couple of days for law enforcement at the Avery Salvage Yard. And it all went down when Stephen Avery was 100 miles away at the family cabin. (laughs) And he wasn't coming back anytime soon. (laughs) Uh, it's funny how none of it was found initially. <laughs> yeah,
2: days later.
0: His car and flatbed truck were seized by Marinette County deputies. Law enforcement secured the salvage yard. To say police had time to do a thorough job excavating Hallback's bones was an understatement. But that is not what occurred, says Dehan. Poor preparation, unqualified staff, and incomplete labeling of key evidence made it something emblematic of anything but solid police work. You know another explanation. I don't know if we talked about this. If they're completely incompetent and they're framing him, <laughs> that 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 could account for a couple things too.
2: Because
0: <laughs> it's like such an obvious frame-up job. Because they didn't think so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or some of them are they, incompetent they, and some of them are super smart.
1: Uh, the frame-up on the first one was really good. It wasn't good. What are you talking about? Like, well, it, it took him. It gave him eighteen years, right, in prison.
0: Oh, you mean successful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Successful. yeah so it was like yeah, it was like exce- a successful. successful. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, he also his statement in jail, which is one of the most interesting things. I thought he'd rather sit in prison his whole yeah. life than admit and get out. Yeah, interesting statement. I know.
1: Like it's just uh, you know the only thing that that really bothers me about uh, Stephen was the the letters that he wrote to um uh the girlfriends I believe like that he was gonna kill like her. He was gonna, yeah, like that. That's. Uh, I
0: wish he hadn't done that because that that <laughs> it would it would have
1: been like smooth sailing. You know what I mean? Like um, as far as like in the public's mind, about. Yeah, but doesn't how...
0: everybody threaten to kill people? At some yeah, point. Yeah, but you life? know what he, uh,
1: he motherfucker, wrote it down. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, I well he
0: had no choice because he, he's in prison and he has no of <laughs> other communication channels. But, um, I think he was just still... angry. But that doesn't that show. How low his IQ is? Like, he can't carry out what the state said because his IQ is so low. Yeah. He can't even think, wait a second, this is going to look bad when I write. Yeah, like, yeah, he d- he true. doesn't even...
2: But when he talks on the phone, like, he sounds normal. Like, he's yeah. not saying anything, like, stupid like that. Are you yeah. saying the letters might not really be his? Mm. Um. <laughs> Remember Brendan Dassey said, um, somebody's selling my letters. But I didn't write them. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, I didn't that's
0: see, good, no, I didn't that's see that That's
2: business. It was in season two. Yeah. Wow. Do you remember that message?
1: Well, I don't. I don't remember him saying that he didn't write them. I just, I just remember that people were selling his letters. But I, I missed that part where <laughs> yeah, It wasn't he, him he, that wrote. He
2: it. said, "But they're not my letters. <laughs> I don't know who's selling them." <laughs> no, I kind of
1: missed that important information. Let's see if we can
2: go <laughs> on eBay and buy one right now. Oh shit! Very, very interesting. Yeah. So somebody else could have been writing those. Someone's much to. But
0: yeah, it. but to your point, what you were saying and how it it hurts him in the public eye to me, it almost exonerates him further because he can't be this criminal mastermind genius they're alleging him to be yeah. if he can't even think twice about writing down death threats. <laughs> mm. Well, although although that's kind of uh, that kind of makes it
1: consistent with like, you know, everything else that's I mean, if he's, you know what I mean? If he's like crazy enough to just write that letter and send it out and then all like all the, the RAV4 not being crushed and then inviting the, inviting the photographer and a killer, I mean, I don't know. Oh, do you if you're going by means? the
0: theory that he's a criminal mastermind genius psychotic or something? Well, 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 like what you're saying, like, what? why would you make it that obvious?
1: Oh, yeah, Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of consistent with the obviousness of everything. But, I don't know, I really don't know. Like, so so far, like, it's just, it's just weird. <laughs>
0: Well didn't he say he was prone to anger and he's kind of an alcoholic some borderline alcoholic or something? But again, that doesn't make anybody a murderer. The other thing that's weird is he always admits when he's wrong, so he admitted to his other crimes, the lo- like uh whatever, that the burglary. It, it, running running uh his cousin off the it, road. You know,
1: you know another thing about um I don't I haven't seen the show yet, but he um heard his fiancee, um uh I don't know, they met they met through letters or his something. His newest one, yeah, his newest <laughs> one. And like uh, he, he, uh, she went on a show on Doctor Phil, and oh, yeah, they, sur- I remember, they surprised yeah. her about like having called uh, Stephen Avery, and then, well, but during the show they gave her information about Stephen Avery that she, so I guess she didn't know about or something, like but what? they didn't show it on a documentary. Like what? Um, I'm not sure. That's what I'm saying. So I have to see the show and see see what happened there. But after that show, oh, like. Actually, during the show, when they got on the phone uh, together to talk to each other, um, supposedly she was different, like from Stephen Avery's point of view, and then she just canceled the, the marriage, uh, the the wedding, or whatever it was. Did you
0: know about this, Johnny?
1: She
2: was only doing that for money, I thought, to get famous. Yeah, but,
1: uh, I, yeah, but that's what people thought.
2: I don't, I really... She even said it, though. She said she saw <laughs> season one, and then in season two, she was like, oh, I have to be on season two.
1: No, she didn't say I had to. She said, she was like I, I knew I was going to be. Oh yeah, <laughs> because well, whatever. What's the different Well, I knew I was going to be because like I was about to. I don't know. I don't know what the her intention with that saying that.
2: I don't know. I don't know. I just thought. Um, I just thought like she's gonna manipulate. Him I got. I got to see this him. show
1: because I, I want. Like this kind of messed up.
2: Uh, the Doctor Phil because episode. she
1: seemed. She seems really sincere, about... like. Cause she didn't know that she was gonna be like famous or whatever, or do you know what I mean, or that, that... cause before all these Stephen documentary, the this making a murder, documentary went out came out, um she was just doing it because she loved him like she Why? was in trouble. Why the wait? So are she you was, talking she about was going through a divorce something? For... And they the new. I think he's talking other. about the newest one. The newer one. Okay. I mean he. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he was. Uh. She was in. Um she was in uh well he was still in prison i mean why would you talk to a prisoner yeah to and then she didn't know anything about the making all right let's work. get back let's get anyway, back to this question let's get back to this
0: questionable stuff. excavation Had investigators taken their time, Dehan notes a lack of anatomical consistency of the bones would have been clear from the start. A vertebrae found near the fire pit, a leg bone in it, facial bones and teeth, and only parts of Teresa's skull were removed along with bird bones. A part of a human pelvis was located in a nearby gravel pit. Animals could have dragged some of the bones away, but Dehan has a more scientific explanation. Teresa Hallback's body was not burned there, he says. It is my opinion that someone transferred Teresa Hallback's bones to Stephen Avery's burn pit. The discovery of larger fragments outside the margins of the burn pit and the finding of human bone fragments with similar degrees of fire damage in numerous other areas, including burn barrels on site, is also consistent with the dumping of burned remains into the pit with some rolling away. Meanwhile, Kratz and Wisconsin Attorney General Brad Skymel have responded to Zellner's latest motion, calling it deplorable and ridiculous. So wait a second. Seeking truth and justice is deplorable and ridiculous. <laughs> That's kind of weird. If the prosecution and the law enforcement, if they were on the up and up, why do they fear investigation? Why would they care? They'd be like, yeah, listen, yeah, like, I mean, like, we believe he did it. So, yeah, test this stuff. Test everything. (laughs) Test the vehicle that, like, everything. Like, they're like, no, 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 can't touch this, can't touch that. Oh, that's ridiculous. Like, like, if you have nothing to hide, if you have nothing to hide and it's a legitimate investigation, you'd be like, you know, she's entitled to her opinion. She's welcome to review all of her info because it's all there. It's all (laughs) legit. But that's not what's going on, is it? (laughs) Does it take a genius to see what's going on? (laughs) Alright, so, was there really a fire on October 31st, Halloween night? Some of these guilters desperately cling to certain narratives and pretend evidence is legitimate, but let's examine if there was actually a fire. Or if it was all a made-up law enforcement narrative that was repeated enough times to convince illogical people. So, if we review all of the statements made by Stephen Avery and all the people who came and went on the property that day, there's not a single reference to an October 31st bonfire initially. The witness statements all changed. So after Dassey was arrested, all of a sudden, people were corroborating the story originally put forth by police about the bonfire. So let's look at this. So on November 5th, Stephen Avery was interviewed by Detective O'Neill with Marinette County Sheriff's Office. So this was the day the RAV4 was found. He was also interviewed again on November 6th. So this is from his November 6th interview, 2005, 29 minutes, 57 seconds. When, when's the last time you burned? Two weeks ago. So he said this on November 6th. <laughs> Two weeks ago. What did you burn? Just regular garbage? Just garbage. <laughs> Steven Avery was interviewed again by Special Agent Fassbender on November 9th, 2005, which was the day they arrested him on the weapons violation, which we'll get into that as well. But uh, so Fassbender, do you know who that is, Maxwell? Uh, it's one of the cops, I believe.
1: I could be wrong, though.
0: Agent Fassbender is one of the cops. <laughs> Stephen advised he has not burnt anything in his burn barrel for quite a while, probably longer than a week. He did not burn anything that night. His burn barrel is out in front of his house. Stephen said the week before last, or over a week ago, and before Teresa was there, he burned brush, some tires, and some garbage in an area behind his house, right by his dog. He said the tires did not have rims. Okay, so can we put to bed the allegations that Stephen Avery admitted the bonfire outright right away? Because he didn't. So his original statements are saying there was no bonfire.
2: He didn't change that later, did he?
0: (laughs) We'll get into that.